Guys that are really good and, and, and they normally take this step by their third year, Skip, you've heard a lot of people say this, by their third year. As a Hemi for arm. Stepping up middle of the field. First down and more. Josh Allen weaving to the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Allen, end zone shot. Got a man. Caught for the touchdown. He's a real threat. Down in the red zone, wherever. Welcome to the All Day Buffalo Podcast. Um, I am your host, Eli Fox. I am with two very special guests, two very special team members of the Built-In Buffalo team. Um, we're here to chop it up about some Buffalo Bills football. I got my guy, Justice General, and my other guy, Vince Taylor, two very talented uh, human beings that are in the uh, BIB group with me. Uh, Vince Taylor, say what's up. What is up, Bills Mafia? It's such a pleasure, and quite frankly, it's an honor to be on with Eli, who does so much work for the team here. And uh, you know, just a little extra love for you, Eli, out of all the different stuff you how you support the podcast team. Thank you, thank you. Love doing it. Love BIB. I do it uh, for all you guys and for the fans, of course. Um, and Justice, how you doing, man? Um, I'm awesome, man. Appreciate the invite. It's always awesome to be in company of uh two legends as far as i'm concerned eli and Vince, y'all are y'all are like the guy those guys you know top of the game so i'm excited to be here yeah no i'm excited to have you guys on i haven't had this duo on uh yet but um before we get started i always like to uh you know shout out the bib family the podcast network uh we got a podcast every single day of the week we got youtube shows um just about all the time during the week uh so you can catch bib just about anytime, anywhere. So check us out on YouTube, every social you can think of. We got a Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We got it all. Um, so check us out there. All of them are built in Buffalo, so it'll be easy to find us. Um, but let's get it started on topic number one. Um, so how does Josh Allen's six-year, $258 million extension change the way certain QBs will be paid in the future? Um, Justice, I'll go to you first. Um. I think that's a really good question. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see kind of uh, how the quarterback, you know, situation shapes itself as far as the rest of the QBs in the league go. Uh, you got guys like Lamar, who I probably think is in that class of quarterbacks who 
because we we know how contracts you know work in the NFL. Whoever is next up is usually going to get you know paid the most. It's going to be the highest paid player or whatever the case may be. So I think that Lamar has kind of earned that. You know, it's for him to go ahead and become you know the next highest paid or whatever the case may be. I don't think Baker has. <clears throat> um, I think it's universally you know thought that Darnold hasn't at least not yet. Although I am higher on Darnold than than most people are. Um, I don't think Baker even should come close. If I'm the Browns, I want Baker to play out that fourth year. I want him to play out the fifth year, and I might even franchise tag him if if he still hasn't shown me what I, what I want to see. Uh, but he is the number one overall pick, so I understand you don't want to lose out on your investment. I just don't think the Baker is that good, to be honest. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think that he's slightly above average. But for a number one overall pick, you don't want that in your franchise quarterback to be slightly above average. So, uh, I, you know, when you got guys like Kyler Murray coming up soon, um, I'm, I'm thinking that if he has, you know, one of those years this year, he could probably, you know, get that 150, 160 million guaranteed type of thing. Uh, so I think that this is a big day or I'm sorry, well, it was a big day for quarterbacks in general, just because there's a lot more money coming your way. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, uh, you know, when you think about Lamar and Baker, you think like those are, those are the two guys that are next They're, They kind of have to be next. Um, and Lamar, the way that I think about it, I think that he's definitely worth the money that Josh Allen got paid. Um, he's a great athlete. Uh, he doesn't throw the ball, you know, with the best of them, but he, 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 picks up for it uh, with his legs. Um, you know, he's, he's also a talent that is a little, it scares me a little bit to pay him if I'm a Ravens fan or if I'm a, a Ravens front office member, just because of his skill set. And I think that it's a skill set that can kind of dwindle with time a little bit faster than a guy like Josh Allen. You know, Josh Allen does run the ball, but he's got a, a arm talent and, um, you know, a, a pocket presence that can stay with him for his whole career. And we've seen that with like guys like Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady, um, if, if they, you can stay in that pocket and stay clean, you're going to get hit less and it only makes sense that your career might be a little bit longer. Um, but I, I kind of foresee Lamar making like anywhere between 37 and about 43. Um, I guess that's kind of a big range, but I, that's just kind of the way I see it. Um, and then for, as for Baker, I don't think he even, I don't think at this point he shouldn't even sniff that much. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, like you were saying, first round pick, he's got that going for him. But other than that, yeah, he's above average and that's really it. And he, I mean, you almost beat the Chiefs uh, last season in the playoffs, but, you know, almost. Nope, it wasn't thanks to him, but. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't thanks to him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, there's not too much stock to, you know, to look at with Baker and be like, yeah, that, that's a that's a good, that's a, that's a guy I want to pay a lot of money to. Just not yet, you know, like you say. Two years, give him another two years, maybe a third with the franchise tag, and um, and make a decision then because I think it's way too early to pay Baker. Agreed. Vince, you want to go? Yeah, um, I I think you touched on it a little bit, Eli. That Josh Allen is built like a tank, right? So if I'm a GM and I have to make if I have to make a decision and hand out a contract, of course I want to give it to Josh Allen because of the year he just had all his athletic ability, the way he's shown us that he can grow. I feel very comfortable with that. Now, do I feel as comfortable about Lamar Jackson? No, I don't because he wins with his legs. He doesn't pass very much. You know, he's, he's not going to beat you in the air. He's going to 
make a few people miss and, you know, end up having 80, 90, 100 yards as a rusher. And that's not my flavor of quarterback. I think you can win games like that. You can probably win a Super Bowl if you have a strong supporting cast around you. But I, I don't think that's my type of quarterback. And he's not built very strong. I think if he ever loses a step, he's going to become RG3. And he's just not going to be able to do it from the pocket. Now, there were people when he was coming out that thought he was more attractive than maybe even Josh Allen because of that athletic ability, but he also came from a tanning based offense. So if he could learn how to do something like Brady and still have that athletic ability, that'd be great. But maybe it's just somebody was telling me and made me think about the way that Greg Roman likes to run his offense. And that could be true. I'm not, I don't want to write that off, but I'm very pessimistic. And with the Browns in Baker Mayfield, they're going to be they're going to be locked into it. They're going to have to do something. Baker's going to say, "I'm the number one overall pick. Pay me." I'm not sure. I, I don't want to give him as much as Josh, but I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that he does get as much or more than Josh, especially if they wait to pay him. And that's because maybe you don't feel that way about Baker, but starting the quarterback search all over again from ground zero is exhausting and time consuming. And you're not even guaranteed to get an upgrade. So you're kind of have to make that decision is what we have good enough. I think the answer is yes. You know, I, I like Baker maybe more than justice does. Um, but you know, I'm still not putting him in the class with the rest of, you know, the elite QBs. I, I think he's fine. Can I say something real quick? Go for it. I would say that Lamar has been the most consistent of the quarterbacks in that 2018 draft class. He's uh, even his rookie year, the back end of it, he was pretty good. Not great, but it was pretty good. Obviously, his sophomore season, he was spectacular, uh, won the MVP. And then his third season, he was good, you know, probably a little better than good. He, he wasn't necessarily great or like not elite, you know, not an MVP, but he still had a really good season. Uh, so I think that there a lot can should be said for that. Um, if you ask me personally, do I see Lamar being successful going forward? I would say I could see it. Um, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility that he could improve as a passer. Um, I, I think that he does have potential as a passer. Uh, I think that he has a very unique skill set that nobody else has. And uh, I, I think that he has earned his money to this point, at least. Uh, to to say going forward, whether he'll command like another contract as as we all probably predicted, Josh will. No, maybe maybe not. Maybe not. If if history tells us anything, probably not. But I don't think that he can't you know change that narrative. And also, I don't think Baker even sniffs these guys in terms of like talent and production. I, I don't think Baker is even in the same like atmosphere. I think that, that Baker is, you know, one of those guys like if Josh is getting 43 million a year, uh, I would say just because Lamar signed his deal later, I would say he'll probably get like 43, 5, 44. And then I would say maybe Baker deserves like I know Spot Track, uh, we had uh Charlie on um Home Field Advantage last night, and he says Spot Track had Baker at 35 million a year. That sounds about right to me. I I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't pay Baker 35 million a year, but I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if the Browns were like, okay, this is what you're worth. Because I would say, all right, I picked this guy number one overall. He's the franchise quarterback that we wanted. We want some stability and continuity. Okay, give Baker 35 million. 
I, I'd be like, all right, I understand that. But anything even close to 40 is you're you're overpaying for him and is you're going to regret it. So, yeah, yeah. Over over 40, I think, is a, is a massive overpay for uh, Baker. Um, and you know what? If I'm a Browns fan um, and what would kind of make me nervous is that I think that Baker benefits a lot from the weapons around him and his defense. Absolutely. And I think that if you pay Baker the boatload and then, you know, now you're now you're taking away cap space for people that, you know, might need to stay in, in Cleveland for them to be even relevant. Um, and then, you know, you're kind of, you know, down the road, you end up maybe falling apart because you can't keep, uh, you know, key pieces. Um, and I'm, I, you know, I can't really say OBJ because he's been hurt so much, but, um, you know, Jarvis Landry, uh, Chubb, you know, all these like great offensive players, they have a, a, a stacked defense. You know, I think a lot of these guys are going to want money at some point. And if you dish it all out to Baker, I think that that can kind of maybe screw the uh, Cleveland Browns over in the future. I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't be no, upset. I Very but, true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so you don't like Baker. Where else are you going to go? Who else do you like? You know, that's basically what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. is Baker going to settle for 35? I don't know. But letting him walk be. over 40, I don't know if that's realistic for them either. I think they'll end up just paying him to get him to stay rather than start the whole search again. Now, what I might want to do is do a shorter contract and if I, you know, two, three years into the new contract, I, I'm still not seeing what I like. Maybe I consider drafting somebody else. And I also think that would be easier to swallow for the fans. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think that, you know, as a number one overall pick, he should fight for 40. Like his agent would be stupid not to try to go ahead and get 44 million, 45 million a year. Um, and I think that he has the leverage you know, being the number one overall pick. I just don't think he's good enough to command that. So I don't think I don't, and maybe, you know, here's, you know, if, if they don't pay him, they're not paying him this off season. If they are, they're not paying him $44 million a year. That's for damn sure. Um, if they pay him next off season. Okay. We'll see what happens. We got to see what, ha- what he does with, you know, the roster is presently constructed because that is, a Tampa Bay, Kansas City type roster where any competent quarterback should at least see a, a conference championship game. So, uh, you know, with that type of roster, I know if you put Josh or Lamar on that roster, I, I think you see the Super Bowl potentially. So uh, that's kind of my measuring stick for for Baker. Um, he just does a lot less with a lot more which is really odd. So I don't know how that translates into, you know, contract negotiations. Yeah. And um, so I guess like, you know, my, my final thoughts on all this, um, I, I, so I was having a conversation um, about, like, it was like just after Josh Allen signed his deal. And so, and someone said to me that it was an overpay, but I think they were kind of clowning me because they're a Patriots fan. Um, But so I was having this conversation. He's asking me like, why, uh, basically the question that I asked you guys, like, how does this change everything? Um, and the, what I said is that I, I think it's, it's, it's cool because we're putting pressure on the rest of the league and the rest of the quarterbacks, um, you know, to get a deal. And with a, I guess, you know, not in Buffalo, he's not a controversial quarterback, but a lot of people are still, you know, kind of on the edge of their seat about Josh Allen. You know, he, he had one good year and, and now he's getting 43 million. 
Um, and people are, you know, a, a little bit, you know, maybe taken aback by that. So I think it's, it's interesting. It's cool for me as a Bills fan. Um, and it's also interesting to see and to, you know, kind of think about down the road and, and, and think about what guys like Kyler Murray, um, you know, the younger guys, uh, Justin Herbert, these types of guys that are going to be in for pretty decent contracts. And, and, you know, I think that, you know, Pat Mahomes got the ball rolling last year and now, uh, Josh Allen's got the ball continuing to roll. And I think quarterback contracts are going to be really fun to look at. Um, like I'd say like three or four years down the road. Yeah. I mean, it always goes up, you know, we, if Justin Herbert keeps going, what we, the way we think he is. So like, of, of course, you know, he's probably going to get 50, you know, uh, yeah, that's yeah. just going to be the way it is when he's ready to go. Yeah. Three years from now, he might be seeing like 180 guaranteed <laughs> or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's move on to topic two. Um, so preseason is here finally, um, and we're recording this on a Thursday. So preseason games tomorrow. So who's uh, one player on the Bills that you're excited to see in this week's preseason action? If you want to say just the entire entirety of the preseason, you can do that. Do that too. Um, but Vince, you should start it off. Groot, I want to see Groot. He's our first round pick, and what I'm hearing has got me more excited. When we originally picked him. I was just kind of, yeah, well, okay, I get it. You know, we want a pass rusher. We're not at the top of the draft. Those guys don't usually fall that far. So we took a gamble. And I, I don't like buying into all of the preseason and training camp hype because everybody is always in shape and everybody always looks good and everybody's always saying good things about their teammates. And the, the coaches don't want to say, nobody says anything negative, but from what I hear about Matt Perino and uh, guys like Sal, he's looking the part and that's encouraging to me. And I want to see him take on tackles on the outside. I want to see it in a preseason game, but you know, the chop move that we keep hearing about that he did was against Daryl Williams and Daryl Williams is no slouch. He's a above average right tackle in the league. And here's a guy that didn't even play football last year comes in and is making that move in his first couple of days of training camp. So I have some cautious optimism there and I'm excited to see what he does in an actual preseason game. I, I love that one. I think, I think he's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, Justice, you go. Yeah. I'm excited to see Groot as well. Um, but for me specifically, excuse me. Um, I really want to see like if Antonio Williams is like really, you know, all the hype uh, because obviously we saw what he did last year against Miami, which wasn't a bad defense. Now, I guess you could argue that maybe Miami had given up at, at that point and it was all just garbage yards. I don't necessarily believe that, or at least I don't know it to be true. So I'm not just going to follow, you know, that, that line of thinking. Um, it, it, I'm feeling like if you're on the football field, you need to be trying your hardest. Um, I know that doesn't always happen, but you know, they, they had an opportunity to make the playoffs if they come back and win that game and you're playing against second strings, I would think you would, actually make a better effort but whatever that's neither here nor there um i've been hearing a lot of good things out of camp about antonio williams and i've been to a couple of the practices down at the stadium and i've been seeing a lot of good things he runs hard as hell like he he just is so explosive like that's really the only word i can think like it's just hard running he's just you know getting through those gaps in a way i don't really see any of the other backs doing um so 
I'm excited to see if he can continue that versus, uh, you know, like other teams. So let's say Moss is, is down, I believe, with a hamstring injury. So let's say you give Williams, you let him split the carries with Singletary versus the, I guess, the, the quote-unquote ones. Obviously, the best players aren't going to be playing. But, you know, to, uh, the, the Lions ones, you know, when we start, if he can, because some of those guys are starters on the defensive side, right? So if he can, you know, run that hard and, and have a good preseason, uh, I think that he can be a major contributor for us uh, going forward into the season. So uh, I, I really want to see, you know, how he does um, and what he looks like. Yeah, that, that's a great one, too. I think there's a lot of, um, you know, kind of question marks around Antonio Williams. So it'll be it'll be fun to see him actually running against a bunch of people that are going to be, you know, trying really hard because a lot of people are going to be trying to make a team. Um, but my guy, I, I have to pick Jake Kumaro. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of buying the hype on Kumaro. I, I think I just want a guy named touchdown Jesus on the team. Um, <laughs> but, but um, I, I love what I've been hearing. And I think that, you know, he, he's got like a good, a good frame. And I think he's, you know, he's, he's 29. He's, he's been in the league for a little while. I think, you know, he's probably gotten his chance, um, you know, earlier in the, uh, down the road. Um, so maybe it's just kind of, you know, fluky training camp stuff. Uh, but I, I'm kind of buying it and I kind of want to see how it all translates to the field. Uh, you, I mean, we know that he caught that really nice touchdown um, at Denver last year, which is like one of my favorite clips from from last season. But I, I kind of want to see him to like put, you know, somewhat of a a couple like a couple quarters together because, I mean, he probably won't play the whole game. Um, but I want to see him like, you know, just. I just want to see him do things, you know, I haven't seen any video really on him. Um, I haven't, I mean, I've only heard stuff from like Sal and the, the, uh, the big dogs that get to watch all the time. Um, so that's the guy I'm most interested about um, on the defensive side. I would definitely say Rousseau. Um, so I agree with you out there on, uh, on that Vince, like he was such a surprise to me um, at, at our first overall or our first uh, round pick and, you know, I just kind of want to see it play out. So that's going to be really interesting to me. And I think he's going to be really good. Um, like you said, we've been seeing really good things. Uh, but Groot's going to be a, a fun one to watch. Go ahead, Justice. Oh, um, I was just going to say I'm, I'm also excited to see um, AJ Epinesa. I feel like, uh, you know, worst case scenario, Groot. Good, and good call. Yeah, I, I feel like worst case scenario, they have a year to kind of develop and, and see, you know, where the, what they can do and where they can go. I think Epinesa being such a, you know, high round, uh, I'm sorry, second round pick, still high. Um, you know, obviously this coaching staff and training staff believed in him and his skill set and his talent. So I want to see that translate on the field. Uh, because I don't really know what to expect from him like at all. And, you know, we did put so much value into him that uh, I would like to see those dividends start to be paid out at some point. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about Epinanza too. Actually, I was just talking about that with Justin Goddard right before I hopped on with you guys. Uh, you know, that's rough rookie year for him. COVID, no training camp. Well, I guess they had a training camp, but a different kind of training camp, no preseason games. And then during the middle of the of the year, they're asking you to change your weight. 
That's a lot. That's a lot for right. anybody, even a rookie. And despite all that, and I know he's in a rotation, but I feel feel like at the end of the year, he started coming on and you started noticing him on the field more. And so what's he doing now? Well, I guess I'm not hearing his name a whole lot right now in the training camp, but that's not diminishing my uh, optimism about him for this year. I, I think AJ Epines is a great one. You know, that he's like kind of, I think he's kind of a sleeper um, in like the Bills Mafia community. Like people don't really talk about him enough. And I think that, um, you know, like you said, Vince, he, he had a, a, a terrible shake at a rookie year. Um, and I think all the uh, second year guys this year are going to be interesting to watch because, you know, no one last year got a, a, a real rookie season. Um, so we could see a lot of like, you know, second year explosions from some, some guys, not even on the bills. Um, but uh, yeah, AJ Epinesa, I think just, you know, defensive ends, edge rush in general is, is kind of a big thing for me just because I want to see it, um, you know, see how it has come together over the off season. And, and hopefully it's gotten better because I think that's our, our key to a Super Bowl. If it's, if it's not there again, um, I, I think I get a little more, uh, you know, worried about our chances at a Super Bowl. Right now, I'm about, you know, about as locked in as you can get on thinking the Bills are going to make to the Super Bowl. I think we have one of the best rosters um, and best coaching staffs and the best uh, locker rooms. I think like everyone's so together. So I think the, I think it, it really a lot of it depends on on the edge rush um, as for play on the field goes. So that'll be fun to watch. You guys got anything else on that? No, I don't have anything else. All right. Yeah. No, I'm just. Uh, I'm excited to see everybody. Quite honestly, I'm. I'm. I'm going to be looking. You know, at everybody and seeing. Um, you know, who I think can and can't make the roster. Uh, I gave my pre preseason uh, kind of like thoughts on how I would say like Dane Jackson when CB two. Antonio Williams is going to be RB3 and eventually take over Moss's spot. Uh, I said that Kumaro is a roster lock. I said that McKenzie is a roster lock. I said that Mario Addison is going to get cut or traded or not be on the team week one. So those are things that, uh, pro- I mean, it could go either way. Um, but uh, from what we're hearing, not very many of those predictions sound like they're going to come true. So we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> they're called predictions for a reason. Um, right. <laughs> but uh, I think, didn't you get your head ripped off for uh, Mario Addison take? Bro. Oh my God. I, if he, if he isn't on the roster day one, I am going to do the longest victory lap around Twitter. <laughs> As you should. Um, I, 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 was kind of with you on that one until that video released of him talking so highly about everybody. I was yeah, like, oh, me man, too. He's that, way too good. That's what kind of changed. Like, exactly. But, yeah, but he yeah, is, yeah. he is smart. I, and it doesn't have to be when I say this or when justice has this take, which by the way, I had that take too, <laughs> but yeah. some people out there are like, you can't have that take. I've already had it. Uh, <laughs> he is a smart man. He knows what's happening. He sees the writing on the wall. So, What's he got to do? He's got to go out there and play and be the excellent teammate if he wants to keep his job. So when he goes out there and says all those awesome things about all the other defensive ends on the on the roster, he's doing that because he wants to keep his job. Now, it doesn't have to be insincere. I don't want to plant that seed and make you think that he's just making it up. But when he's he is trying to craft 
uh, or maybe even change his mentality because he knows that he's an older vet and these guys are coming up behind him trying to take his job. Now it does, if he gets cut, released, traded, it doesn't have to be, he's trash. It can be, we just don't have room for you. And we have Jerry Hughes on the other side. He's the veteran. So I'm, I'm, I like that take. I, I've thought that way for a while. I, and it, and the, the take should be if he gets cut, not that Brandon Bede made a mistake because Brandon Bede went in signing him made sure that when they went into the draft, they didn't have any glaring holes. They could use Mario Addison there and be fine. And they didn't expect to draft two defensive ends, I believe, because they didn't think Bastion would be there. So they did that, the restructure before they go into the draft. Now that doesn't mean he's safe. If he loses his job, the story should be he didn't do enough to keep his job and not Brandon Bede made a mistake. Yeah, and I don't mean to say that he's trash or anything. I, that wasn't my intention when I said that. that. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying, Justice. I'm oh, saying no, no, no. I, sure. I'm not saying that you were. It's, I did, people may take it that way. Like, it may have come off that way to some people, but that, that wasn't really, um, you know, my take on it. it. It was just simply we've got Epinesa, who we invested in. We've got Russo, Boogie, who we've invested in. We got Bam Johnson, who I think is pretty decent. Uh, I think he he has some talent, and he's younger than Mario Addison. We got F.A. Abada, who I think is going to be more productive than Mario Addison. And then we have Jerry Hughes. I just don't see a spot for, for Mario Addison. I feel like all the guys who are younger than him probably have more potential to give you I, – I, I say they have the potential to give you more than what Addison gave you last year. That was my reasoning behind it. People came at my neck and told me I was wrong. So I guess we'll see. Oh, I can absolutely make an argument for him to stay. It wouldn't be that hard. We're in a Super Bowl run. He's a veteran. It can make some sense. But you look at the numbers. Something has to give. Are you going to give up on a young guy for the veteran? And by the way, exactly. he didn't have a great season. And he may have had you know valid excuses for why he was in his own head last year. I'm not discounting that but you still didn't get it done and I have to make decisions and I have to be sometimes very difficult and uncomfortable decisions for what's best for the football team. And, you know, I, he's by no means safe. He's still got to go out there and earn it. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. All right. So let's go on to topic number three. Um, have training camp heroes taken our heart too much as bills fans. Um, you know, do we have warranted excitement for guys like Antonio Williams and Kumaro? Um, and like, you know, when I say that, in other words, are we just in love with the story and the possibilities or are we in love with like real difference making potential? Um, so either one of you guys can go on that. I want to let justice go first. Cause him and I are going to disagree big time on this. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? Uh, I um, do. I am. Hmm. I kind of feel like it. it is a little sensationalized. Um, I think it's something to be excited about in the preseason, something to look forward to and analyze while you're watching preseason games that don't really count. You're like, okay, well, the you know, bottom of our roster, those guys are getting a shot. And for the Bills specifically this year, we have an ultra-talented roster in terms of depth, right? So we have a lot of guys who are talented and probably could make almost any other roster, but they're having a hard time, you know, because we are, you know, so deep, um, uh, you know, they're having a hard time making our roster or fitting in somewhere, because, you know, because our roster is so deep. So I, I, I say like, you know, if, if we're talking about a guy like Duke Williams, now I, I will say this, I do want to preface everything by saying this is really only like my second year of like actually 
like watching film and, uh, you know, going deep into like, you know, football conversation. So uh, Duke Williams, I had a lot of high hopes for that obviously didn't turn out great. Um, You know, guys like that. Um, I I do feel like Kumaro specifically and Williams, I feel like they're talented enough to where they could actually contribute. Um, But any other year when we're not so deep and those guys really aren't probably going to be playmakers in the NFL. uh, I think that, that could be true as far as it being sensationalized. But I do think that specifically for the Bills this year, especially because we are so deep, that we have a couple like diamonds in a rough who could potentially go out there and be difference makers um, in real NFL games. I don't think this year is exclusive to falling in love with training camp heroes. We're Bills fans. We've been doing this, I mean, ever since I'm, cognizant of following training camps I, I feel like there's always been a guy or two that we fall in love with and we love i think it's human nature we love to root for little guys or uh, the you know the underdog folks and we want them all to turn to fred jackson but the truth is fred jackson's a rarity most guys if they do make the roster even if they do don't have that type of impact uh i think you know antonio williams and this is where justice and i disagree you couldn't break the roster last year. Why was that? Well, because they have third round pick invested in Devin Singletary and, and Zach Moss and Matt Breed is making the team. Nobody's going to tell me any different. It might even be either Singletary or Moss will be inactive depending on the matchup. And Breed is going to be there just kind of to add that extra speed dimension. That's not going to change. I don't believe so. You know, he couldn't break the roster last year. He got a chance on week 17 when it was basically you know, we're going to give all these guys a chance for thank them for their hard work, but he's on and off and on and off. He never really carved out a role for himself. Now the practice squad last year was extended to have an extra 16 players. Uh, there were other guys they could have cut. They chose to let him go. They brought him back and they, and they kept him around, but you know, that's because nobody else picked him up when he was available either. So I'm not expecting big things from him. If I'm not actually rooting against him, if he makes a roster, that's fantastic. I think I might almost rather have him than Taiwan Jones, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, as far as Kumaro goes, kind of the same thing. Um, you know, there's a, he's Brandon Riley, he's Duke Williams, he's Marcus Murphy. He's just a guy that's the flavor of the month right now. And I don't want to discount everything he's doing in training camp. You know, he seems to be doing. Well, he's making a name for himself. We're talking about him right now. That's evidence. But, you know, I just, I think we've seen this story before. I don't even think it's out of the realm of possibility that they're letting him run with the runs to try to pump his value up, uh, letting that get leaked out that he's running with the ones to see if they can flip him for a pick. He's 29 years old. He's had his opportunity. What's the realistic, how is he going to, I mean, how realistic is he going to catch on with the team now? And even if he does, I don't expect for him to have a major impact. He might not even be active most weeks being a number six. I think that's fair. I'm not upset with that take. Uh, however, I do see value in, in time, right? I, I see value in having a coaching staff who is known to develop players. And I think that players can get better. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they are letting Kumaro run with the ones and the twos in order to boost his 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 value in order to you know flip flip him for a pick. I wouldn't be mad at that. That's actually probably a damn good strategy, and that's probably a good idea. However, I'm I'm watching them play. 
Um, and he is actually making great plays, right? He's uh, doing things, you know, that starters in this league do, you know. So uh, he, he he did have the one really, really, really awful, like it was a really bad drop. But other than that, I haven't really seen anything negative out of him. It, it seems like, um, like, you know, when I was at the practice, he was probably the most popular receiver out there uh, with, with Diggs and, and Sanders not practicing that specific day. Uh, Kumaro was the guy and like he played like it he he had a lot of production uh, put a lot of good you know stuff on on film so uh, I'm I don't disagree with what you're saying I could very much see that happening but uh, then again like I said I do find value in uh, you know people growing and, and, and you know learning the game and becoming better football players over time yeah uh, so I mean I think when I think about this question, uh, like you know, I I think about as as Bills fans, you know, we are very very like sentimental and like you know we get very connected to our team, and I think that comes with being in a small market. Um, and when you're a small market team, you don't have it's not like L.A. where you have, you know, everybody follows the L.A. Lakers um, or the or the Rams and whatnot. Um, but Bills fans. Um, and all that, you know, we, we keep it like we're, we're so tight to our team. Um, and we, we watch everything. I think even most casual Bills fans like pay attention to training camp. So like they hear all these names, they want all these like small timers to, to get big. Um, and I think it kind of clouds people's judgment a little bit. Um, I, I, I think I kind of am that guy. So I can, I, I feel like I'm comfortable saying that, um, Antonio Williams is one of those guys for me. I kind of agree with Vince on this. I don't really think that he makes this team or really has a good chance of doing it. Um, I think Kumaro has a better chance. Um, you know, for guys on the on the on the on the defense, I, I think of guys like um, Olajai Griffin. I really want him to make this team, um, but I don't think he will. Um, so, you know, it, it's kind of hard because you know, especially doing what we do, like as content creators and stuff, we're, we we we've been like picking at like limited straws this entire summer, just trying to find stuff to talk about. And so like those bottom of the barrel guys kind of come up and, and we talk about them, we research them, we look at their, their previous stats or college stuff. And, and then they go out in training camp and, and, and start to produce in training camp. And now we're like uh, all fired up because uh, maybe I'm right. And it's all, all this and that. And um, so like, I think for me, it's, and ever since I started doing this podcasting stuff, like I started to fall in love with like the the smaller players on the team. Um, but I think that, you know, like, I, I think it's important to, you know, take a step back and kind of go like, you know, look past the story. Um, and I like how F.A. Obata put it when he was talking about it. He was like, I want people to know about you. I, I want people to know my name because of my play on the field, not because of my, my story. Um, and I think that, you know, all, all fans should want to, you know, know their player because of the way that they play on the field, not their story, because, you know, that that's, that's what's important right now. And, and I think the player even wants that too. Like, don't remember me for what I did in the past, but remember me for what I'm going to do and what I'm doing now. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting conversation, I think, because, um, and especially as a Bills fan, because we love our camp heroes and um, Vince, as you said, uh, you know, Fred, uh, Freddie, you know, we, we all want the next Freddie to happen. Uh, but, that's pretty unrealistic. I think my guy right now is uh, Reggie Gilliam. And 
I don't know what his role is. They moved him back to fullback. I, I don't think he's going to be just a blocking fullback. I think they're going to try to maybe do some swing passes and stuff. I don't really know, but I think that moving him back from tight end back to fullback is an indictment on the run game from last year. I know there are people out there who disagree with me, but I think it should have occurred to me a long time ago, but I'm not that smart. Um, but I, I think, you know, last year we didn't run with a fullback and the, the run game was terrible. Maybe it's a little better this year because we have an extra blocker out there. I don't know. I think it's interesting that Reggie Gillum got moved back to fullback because I remember plays where Pat DeMarco would be out there five wide and I'm looking at my screen like Dayball, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> right? So I think that it's, it's, I would rather much rather have Reggie Gilliam out there than Pat DeMarco. Um, so I think that that gives them the extra pass catching element. And uh, also, you know, what uh, uh, Vince alluded to about just having an extra blocker out there. Um, so I think that that's a really interesting roster move. And I really like that because I actually did it in Madden before they ever did it. So not to toot my own horn, but uh, I, I, I actually did have that idea as well. Uh, so, yeah. And also, uh, I remember Eli, he, he mentioned about, you know, falling in love with the smaller players. If you guys haven't heard yet, it's like player profiles back when like we, me and him first joined Bilton Buffalo. Like those were awesome. So definitely go <laughs> listen to those. Oh yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, those were fun because you know, like I was able to, you know, look back and I, Josh Allen isn't a small player anymore, but he was. Um, and like you know, looking back on those stories and 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 understanding where people came from, um, I thought that was like a really important thing, at least for me to do for myself um, to you know understand where they came from, but. No, that's not really me counteracting what I just said, but um, I think it's important to know them, but it's not, it, it, but it, it should not be important to, to, to base your love or what you want that player to be because of that. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense. No, I, I got you. I, I, I get what you mean. All right, cool. Um, so that's all I got uh, for you guys for topics today. If any of you guys have any other questions or uh, concerns you want to bring up, Please do. Okay. I'm going to give you guys a hot seat. All right. Let's do it. Impromptu, impromptu hot seat. Okay. Eli Fox. All right. I know a lot can happen between now and next year at the draft. So this is just an exercise. I don't need you to be right, but let's, let's give you a crystal ball and you tell me what you see, what position not a specific player, but a position you see the Bills drafting next year in the first round? I love this question. And I'm going to answer it the same way I would have answered it before this past draft. I think we got to take a cornerback. We got to take a cornerback high because I think that we, we obviously we covered the, the, the edge rush. Um, but, and I don't think that the, 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 the um sort of the, the cornerbacks the safety the uh, defensive backfield are going to take that big of a step back or play poorly um but i think that this is levi's last year at cb2 um and if dane jackson isn't making that move now i don't know how confident they're going to be to make that move in the future so i'm kind of looking at a cornerback and i was you know i was all in on a cornerback um before the draft and i was kind of upset that they didn't take one um, so I'm going to, I think I'm going to stick to my guns here. Um, and I think that it can, if, if this defensive rush pans out and they made the right decision with Boogie and, and Groot, I think uh, adding a, a, a high tier cornerback from the draft could make this defense like completely shut down. 
Justice, what do you got? Um, I see Bain being probably going like best player available. Um, but if no, 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 to, you got to pick one. No, you got to pick. No, one. I, I, I would have said that, that Justice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just feel like, you know, we have so much depth that he probably will go best player available. But if I had to pick one, I would say probably a badass interior offensive lineman. I think that uh, if we could, I mean, what are the chances we get the next Quentin Nelson? But if somebody like that did emerge and, you know, maybe we have that opportunity to go up and get them or perhaps somebody falls in our lap because, I don't know, they're injured or they were doing drugs the night before the draft like an idiot. But <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Whatever happens, I feel like we could, uh, you know, go and, and maybe get, you know, a really good interior offensive lineman and, uh, you know, just make that that line a little bit meaner, a little bit bigger, a little bit more physical, which is kind of what they wanted to do this draft, I feel like. But with third and fourth round picks, it's not as probably going to be like, you know, as good as you would probably get as far as value uh, for a first round pick. So uh, that, that would be my guess if I had to say something. Yeah. I, I really like Eli's thought, but I, I don't think Brandon Bean is shares our, our enthusiasm for getting that quarterback too. Uh, they, I, I like yours justice. That might actually be my pick because you know, another year of what we had last year in the run game, and I think he's got to start paying attention to it. We'll probably be drafting pretty late. That might not be the best value, but uh, that might be what I'm thinking. That might be what I'm hoping to get with that pick. Um, we could also probably use another one tech. You know, we didn't pick it up. I, I think we have a lean McNeil that was available at one of our picks and a couple of our picks, and we opted to just not address that behind star. We're just kind of hoping for the best out of guys like Harry. Um I don't know. I, I might, I think I might be able to envision him taking a defensive tackle, like at pick, you know, 28 to 32. Do you, do either one of you guys see us potentially taking a safety? Uh, that's what Izzy said. I asked Izzy that question for his hot seat question. And I think he said safety because he wants to start grooming somebody to take over for Hayden Poyer. Uh, yep. Don't really need them right now, but you know, maybe in another year or two, you'll be happy they're on the roster. Yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of my thought process behind asking that question. What about you, Eli? I think that's one that, that I I don't really like think about that. I mean, but yeah, Jordan uh, Poyer and Hyde are. I mean, we're going to need a replacement for them at some time, and to get them earlier is probably better to you know allow them to play with Hyde and Poyer. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I want to. It's a little selfish of me to think this because I don't really know if I want to see this only because it's not like, I don't think that that's like a, you know, going to be a, a, a big move for, you know, the, the present at the time. Um, but you know, that'll pan out later. It doesn't on. help us win now basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. I think that all depends too on how, how the playoffs go, like how we draft. If we win a Super Bowl, you know, Ew, who the hell cares? <laughs> you take right. whoever you want. But um, uh, the city's going to be burnt down anyway. So yeah, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> Most definitely, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's all I got for you guys. That was fun. Appreciate you having us on, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah. Always, uh, it, it's always a pleasure to get to rub elbows with uh, you know some of the heavy hitters here on the network, like Justice and Eli, and you guys. Uh, <laughs> do so much for the podcast team 
And a lot of stuff that maybe people don't know or even can see, but we all benefit from your guys' hard work. So lots of love for you too. Thank you, Vince. Same to you, Vince, as always. It means a lot coming from from uh, from you guys. I mean, I, I love both your guys' podcasts. So, um, and he, I mean, I, I I have a heavy BIB rotation. I literally just listen to BIB's podcasts. Me I should too. probably branch yeah. out more, but um, you know, I, I love listening to you guys. Um, but let me let me give you guys a chance to um, plug your pods real quick. So, Justice, you go first because I know you got a lot of them. Oh man. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me get this straight. All right. So I got the windshield factor. That is a podcast. It comes out every single Tuesday. I've got home field advantage, which is a YouTube live show that comes out every Wednesday. Um, and then starting August 16th, I've got first round by, uh, I'm sorry. Home field advantages is, is with my boy, uh, the cave man. He's also built in Buffalo family. He's and awesome. He's so good. Love cave man. He's the best. And then, um, I have a new show with, Jake the Bills fan, another one of my favorite people from uh, Built in Buffalo. Uh, first round by that is starting August 16th. So please join us and check that out. Actually, I'm going to be on that one. Yeah, I was about to say, I think Eli agreed to being on it. Yeah, he's going to be, be on the debut show. episode. Yeah. So, Justice, let me ask you a question. When do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I get like three, four hours here and there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Vince, plug yourself. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Podcast Vince. My show, Buffalo on the Brain, comes out every Monday and it's filled with all kinds of just nutty nonsense. And I actually have a new segment starting this week. It is called, Is It Real or Is It Silly? I can't wait for that one. I'm excited for that, yeah. Yeah, Justin Goddard will be my co-host for that segment every week. Uh, So just tossing him a few scenarios and, and picking his brain on a few things. So uh, it's not a unique or even a, a, a new idea. Uh, it's been done a hundred different times, a thousand, 10,000 different times, just under different names. But um, yeah, I wanted to try something new this week. Awesome. Well, yeah. I'll keep my uh, ears out for that, but that is all we got for you guys today. Um, and I think the best way that this is going to end is the fact that Vince made this outro and you got to hear Vince's voice for all these all these minutes and now you get to hear it again. So as always, thank you guys for coming and listening to the All Day Buffalo podcast. Thank you guys for coming on. Um, I hope you guys will hop on again soon. And Absolutely. as always, go Bills. Go Bills. The information in here is worth millions. This has been All Day Buffalo with your host, Eli Fox, every Saturday, only on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Being chased and throwing, and it is, oh, caught! That's Stefan Diggs, the sliding grab for the touchdown.